Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Where do you want to start? Do you want to just go down here in, in order of the games? Packers-Lions. Yeah. Come in. All right, we'll start there. Yeah, Packers-Lions. Lions, seven and a half. 350 on the money line. Packers plus 275. Total 47. This is usually a game, historically, where Green Bay is coming in and they would be favored by seven or more points. They would be looking to solidify their spot at the top of the NFC North. But don't look now, but Dan Campbell and company with just two losses, PJ, still outside shot at getting that number one seed for the NFC. I know Philly's up there already at 9-1. and one. They've only got one loss. They've got a couple of tough games coming up. The Lions, they're going to be sneaky. They could end up the, as the two seed in the NFC playoffs. Certainly could. I, they might have their sets. Uh, they might have their eyes set even higher, Bill. I mean, you know, obviously Philadelphia is nine and one, and they have Buffalo this week. Then they have San Francisco and Dallas the next two weeks. I'm not sure who would win the tiebreaker between Detroit and Philadelphia if they win with the same record. I think it comes down to division record, maybe common opponent and things like that. So obviously, time will tell. But certainly. The Lions, I think, in the NFC, Bill, need home field more than any other team, right? Like, when we talk about NFC teams that can go to the Super Bowl, me personally, I think it's only Philadelphia and San Francisco. Maybe Dallas, potentially. They certainly have the talent. I don't know if I could trust them to do it. However, if the Lions get the one seed, it's much like Miami for me in the AFC. Like, I don't think Miami can go to the Super Bowl unless they get home field advantage and they're able to play in South Beach. And I think for Detroit, it's the same thing. So, obviously, every game from here on out is huge for them. They're going to win the division at this point. You know, the Dobbs story is nice with Minnesota. They still have to play Detroit twice. So, Detroit can kind of seal this thing when they face them over the next couple weeks. And then, obviously, the Bears are one of the worst teams and the Packers have struggled all season. So, it's great to see the Lions in a spot like this. Best record since 1962, Bill, which is just its crazy that it's been that long. Now, obviously, all three of the games today, we have big favorites. All three, San Francisco, Dallas, and Detroit, all touchdown favorites or higher. Since they implemented the third Thanksgiving game back in 2006, that would be the first time that that ever happens if all three of these games close with the favorite being over a touchdown. And, Bill, normally Thanksgiving – it's pretty easy to handicap, right? You take the favorites and then you fade Dallas. And that's just that's just the way it's been. I mean, Detroit, since 2016, this is the first time they are being they're favored in 
a Thanksgiving game. If you go back the last 30 years, they're 8-0 straight up when they are a favorite. And then the favorite in the Lions Thanksgiving game has has been ridiculous as of late. I think they're like 14-4 and or something like that. So I do like Detroit today. You know, I, I think it's it's tough for me to think that they're going to have two bad performances in a row. You know, that Bears game, they had a ton of turnovers. They should have lost, found a way to win. I think after that, you know, it'll get them to refocus. And they're going up against a Packers team who has had a stranglehold of this division forever. So now that the Lions are kind of in the position where the Packers used to find themselves so many times, and the Packers are kind of in the position that the Lions found themselves in, I think this is one of those games, Bill, where it's kind of almost like a changing of the guard a little bit, right? Where like Detroit is going to be the team that you're going to have to go through in this division over the next couple of years. So uh, I like Detroit today. I'd lay the eight with them. I think their offense rolls. Maybe look at an over in this game because obviously with them beat at Ford Field, you know their offense is going to score. And their defense has given up some points as of late. Gave up 38 to Baltimore, 38 to the Chargers. Gave up 26 last week to the Bears. So kind of like over 47. I like the Lions minus eight. And then what I like about this game, Bill, is you can take Lions on the money line and you can also parlay it with one of the Lions players to score in any time touchdown. So David Montgomery to score and the Lions money line, that's a minus 105. Love that quite a bit. So maybe it's not Montgomery. Maybe you want to take a shot at Gibbs, Amon Ra. Maybe you want to take Laporta, but another way to attack this game as well. It's amazing, too, and we'll move on off this game. We'll talk about it a little bit later on the show as well. The Green Bay right now is the eighth seed in the NFC playoff picture at four and six because Mm. of Washington dropping that game to New York last week. Washington would be right there, but that loss to New York dropped them from eighth to 12th in the NFC playoff picture. So let's talk about the commanders at the Cowboys, the second Thanksgiving Day game. Dallas, big, heavy favorites in this one. Uh, They're all the way up to 13 and a half that I saw this morning, almost a two-touchdown favorite. So where are you going here? Commanders at Cowboys, big NFC East rival. Usually the number doesn't matter, especially when these two teams are playing on Thanksgiving. Got a huge history of wild Thanksgiving Day games. We're going to get another edition of that this year. You know, we might. I don't think Washington's going to win the game, but I certainly think they cover. I bought it up to 14, Bill. Now that it's at 13 and a half, you can lay minus 120 juice. I have no problem doing that and getting the full two touchdowns. This is just how the NFL works, right? Washington loses last week against Tommy DeVito and the Giants as nine-point favorites, and now they're going to go on the road and they're going to play Dallas tough because that's just that's how the NFL works. Now, Dallas, you normally love them in these spots when they're at home playing a terrible team laying a big number they usually cover these spreads with ease they've been dominant at home but they aren't on thanksgiving this is the one time when you usually fade them built one in 11 against the spread in their last 12 thanksgiving games Dak usually struggles on turkey day and the commanders historically and as of late it feels like when they play dallas on thanksgiving tend to play them really well tend to win these games for the most part. Remember when RG3 went in there as a rookie? They won that game. They won like five years ago as well. Antonio Gibson ran wild on him. So Ron Rivera's coaching for his job. 
Uh, if they get blown out by 30 or 40 today, Bill, he could be gone this week potentially. But uh, I expect I expect a good effort from Washington today. I think they can hang around, keep the game close. So I'd take them plus the points. Where are you on the total 48 and a half? Dallas averaging 40 points a game at home in their four home games this year. You know, it's tough because when I feel good about a side, I usually try and correlate it to like which side of the total I could see, right? So you figure Dallas is going to score. If Washington's going to keep this game close, you would think they're going to need to score as well. Like Washington's defense just isn't good enough to keep Dallas below 20 points, especially with their offense being at home. So for Washington to keep this thing close, Bill, I'm thinking it's going to have to be like a 31-24, you know, 31-20 kind of game so I would I would probably look at that over 48 and a half if you like Washington like me I think that would probably correlate to the over any uh any anytime touchdown guys you like on either side Logan Thomas would be a guy that I would watch out for these Washington receivers McLaurin Dotson Samuel they're all about like four or five receptions every single week. But Thomas is the one guy that has good value that Hal's really been targeting. Tell you the prop that I love, Bill. Hal over 39 and a half pass attempts. Really like in this game. He's had 40 or more in seven of his last eight games, right? And you figure the game script in this one is going to be a lot of throwing. Now, Biennemi loves throwing. You're probably going to run a little bit more today than you would in previous games just because you want to slow down that Dallas pass rush just a little bit. But with that being said, Washington's probably going to be playing catch-up the whole game. They're probably going to play from behind. So over 39.5 pass attempts, again, he's gotten 40 or more in seven of his last eight games. So uh, I like that prop today for Hal. All right, finally, the last game, Seahawks at 49ers. It's gone up to seven now in favor of San Francisco. They're minus 300 on the money line. Seahawks plus 230. The total... A little low, maybe, at 43. I kind of like the over in this one because I like San Francisco's offense here. I do, too. Um, I would put the Niners in a teaser. I'd tease them down to one and then maybe take a look at some other games on the slate this week in Week 12 because, Bill, there are so many games this week on the NFL card where the spread is one, one and a half. You can tease some of those teams up to seven. So I think with the Niners, you do the opposite. They're at seven, and you tease them down to one. I feel really good about them winning the game until somebody can show me that they can even keep it close with San Francisco when they're fully healthy on offense. No way I'm betting against them, especially with Geno banged up, dealing with that shoulder injury. We know what a tough place Seattle is to play at, especially at night, especially when the Niners are in town. But uh, really, really like this this matchup for San Francisco on the short week. And uh, I, I think they take care of business. Seven's a big number, especially in a divisional game on the road. So I'm just going to tease them down. I, I feel good about them winning the game. And then, uh, yeah, you're over. I, I think we could certainly get some points too. I just, I think Seattle's defense is a, is a touch overrated. And uh, again, with that Niners offense fully healthy, Brock Purdy's playing great again. I, I think they can go over this total. It's interesting because if Seattle were to pull off the upset, then you're looking at both of them being seven and four in that division. And then it's a race to the yep. end. It's a big difference between finishing as the division winner or the wild card because obviously with New Orleans down there at just 500 going into the week at five and five, you win the division, you're a top three seed. You're not going to have to worry about getting passed, I don't think, by the Saints. So this is a pretty big game. You open up a two-game lead, Probably got it done, taken care of. We'll see. 
For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.